0: I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, Episode 8, Come Unto Christ and Be Perfected in Him, Studying Moroni, Chapter 10. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. We are finishing up the Book of Mormon, you guys. We've done it. We did it. Um, last chapter of the Book of Mormon also fun fact um, Today December 14th is my oldest child's birthday. She is six years old so she's very excited um, let's talk about the nature of God and Christ in Moroni chapter 10 um, verse 6 I really love um, the concept that nothing good, will deny Christ, right? Like I think a lot of times there are things in the world that we think, well, this isn't a bad thing, right? You know, we're kind of like not sure about how it feels and if it's a good thing or a bad thing or, you know, where exactly it sits. And I find that this is the easiest way to check and decide if it is good. It's like, does this deny Christ? If it does, then not good because no good thing will deny Christ. I love that. Okay. Um, verses eight through 18, I highly recommend reading through these. Um, these talk about the gifts of the spirit. Um, and I think the thing that I got most from these verses was that God wants us to learn and grow and develop. And he absolutely has things for us to do while we're here, but he also gives us the tools to accomplish these things And he wants us to develop those tools. And I honestly think a lot of the times we get stuck in what is listed, right? So here we have um, teach the word of wisdom, teach the word of knowledge. Great faith, gift of healing, to work right mighty miracles, to prophesy, to behold angels, gift of tongues, um, interpretation of language, interpretation of tongues, right? And I think we get stuck into this list and we're like, oh, well, I don't have those things, so I must not have any spiritual gifts. Um and I think about Nephi, and he talks about being large in stature, right? And I don't think many of us would consider large in stature a spiritual gift, but then you think about the fact that he has to go and make tools and then he has to build a boat. And I feel like being large in stature is probably going to help out with that a lot. Um, You know, being tiny and dinky might (laughs) make it a little bit harder to smelt iron and make tools and lift big beams to make boats, you know? So I think a lot of the times we can find our spiritual gifts, um, by our abilities, but also by our natural talents and our natural passions, right? Like I have, I was joking with my husband one time that I have the strangest talents. Um, one of mine is I have, I'm naturally gifted with tension and I know that sounds crazy, but I knit and my tension has always, it's not something I ever learned how to do or like worked at. It was just something that I had. I've always had really good tension. And of course, the years as I've been knitting for like 20 years. Um, and so if you look at my tension now versus my tension when I... very first started knitting um, you can see that there is some variance it's a lot cleaner now than it was then but even then I had really good tension I didn't um, usually have it super tight and then super loose and then super tight or whatever Um, and it sounds so silly like what how on earth am I supposed to use that to further the gospel (laughs) I have no idea but I do recognize it among my list of talents Um, so I think sometimes When you're looking for talents, I think the smartest thing you can do is ask your friends and family that know you really well. Look at your patriarchal blessing and um, then ask Heavenly Father because he gave you those talents. So he's going to know what your spiritual gifts are. Um, One thing that Moroni talks about a lot is being wary of denying the gifts of God. Um, one of the, or the talk that they recommend, the Come Follow Me recommends reading is I Have a Work for Thee by Elder John C. Pingree Jr. Um, and he talks about, um, He says, every one of us has a meaningful role to play in furthering God's work. Some of us question whether Heavenly Father can use us to make important contributions. But remember, he has always used ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. I think sometimes we have a tendency to downplay our abilities. Um, And I remember Mother, I think it was Mother Teresa that talked about how She is but a pencil, right? And we think about all the incredible things that she did. And she's like, I'm just doing God's work. I'm the pencil. Like we don't, when somebody writes a masterpiece, we don't praise the pencil. We praise the master. We praise the guy who wrote it. I'm the pencil. And I think sometimes when we look at it that way, we are capable, we realize we're capable of so much if we allow ourselves to be but a humble instrument in God's hands. Um, okay and then there's um two more that I wanted to touch on in this kind of section um verse 25 I think it's super important to be to know god is aware of every single one of us and will offer all the help he can right um i think this verse is for if there be one among you that doeth good he shall work by the power and gifts of god right so even if there's only one of you sometimes how it feels in life, right? Where I'm just trying to be good. I'm just trying to do the right things. And it feels like everything around you is conspiring against you. But as long as you are the one trying to do the right things, trying to do the work of God, you will have his power. You will have his gifts to help you. And he is aware of you. Um, and then the last one I wanted to touch on for this section is um, verse 32. And... I, I keep every, throughout all of my reading, I keep coming across this theme of Christ loves you unconditionally, but he cannot save you unconditionally. And I keep coming up to the, I keep coming across that. And I find that that's what I found in this verse as well. Christ came to help us become perfected. He wants us to succeed, but We still have to do our part. We still have to come unto Christ. We still have to deny ourselves of all ungodliness. We still have to love God with all of our might, mind, and strength. It's an active gospel, right? This is an active plan. Speaking of plans, let's talk about the plan of salvation. So Elder Pingree says, Our trials help us discover and prepare for the work Heavenly Father has for us. And then in the Come, Follow Me Oh, just kidding. I'm jumping ahead of myself. So basically, um, it's not, life's not supposed to be easy, right? We're not supposed to experience only the rainbows and the butterflies while on this earth. Um, the storms and the heartache and the trials are necessary to help shape us and mold us into the beings that are more akin to what God is. Um, and, Okay. I wasn't sure where I wanted to put this, so I'm just sticking it here. Look at the amount of times in this chapter Moroni says the word exhort. Okay. I exhort you. I exhort thee, um, exhort ye. Anyway. The, okay. Verse two, verse three, verse four, verse seven, eight, 18, 19, 27, 30. Like this is not a word he uses infrequent, infrequently. My goodness. Can't talk. Um, and so I was like, okay, I've always thought of exhort as be like, hey, pay attention to this thing. And it is, but I also wanted to touch a little bit more because my English majoriness got out of hand a, a little bit. So the definition is to strongly encourage or urge someone to do something. It comes from the Latin exhortari, ex meaning thoroughly, and hortari meaning encourage. Or to give support, confidence, or hope to. And so I was thinking about how he wants to thoroughly give us hope, right? In these last verses. And then I was like, okay, well, what are the things he's extorting, exhortation? What are the things that he wants us to pay attention to? He wants to encourage us, right? To do these things to remember how merciful the Lord has been to the children of men, to ask God if these things are not true, deny not the power of God, to deny not the gifts of God, to remember that every good gift comes from God, to remember that he, God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, to remember these things, and then last, but certainly, most definitely not least, to come unto Christ. Um, And I think a lot of the times especially this year, has been so heavy, the tasks and the trials before us seem so big and so heavy that it feels almost impossible to bear. Um, one of my friends posted something on Facebook today about how we, we use this phrase in the church a lot of, God will never give you anything you can't handle, right? And how that's true, but it's incomplete. Because God will, will absolutely give you things you cannot handle alone, right? Because that's the point is that we learn to depend on him and to turn to him and to say, this yoke is heavy. My burden is heavy. I am going to yoke myself to you so that I can, so that my burden may be lighter. And so that I, I have somebody pulling with me, right? And the heavenly father and Christ are absolutely a hundred percent there that that's the point of the plan, right? They want us to come home, The plan was never, let's make it as hard as possible for them to get back to live with us. The plan is we are perfected beings and we want our children, right? A heavenly father, heavenly mother want their children to become perfected beings. And this is the journey we have to take to go through that. Um, So let's talk about application here. Elder Pingree says, Satan may also coax us to view our work as less valuable than the work assigned to others. And I feel like as moms, especially, um, that this is very true for me. Okay. He continues, he says, but every assignment from God is important. Okay. I'm going to read that again because I need to, (laughs) but every assignment from God is important and we will find fulfillment as we glory in that which the Lord hath commanded us. Okay. Um, I feel like people will ask me, Oh, so what do you do? And the key answer, I suppose, is, Oh, I'm a mom. Right. And people like the world looks at it as just a mom. Like, Oh, that's all you do. That's, that's a shame that you're wasting your talents. Like the world does not value mothers the way that God values mothers. Um, and I think that that's, Satan's work, right? I think Satan understands how important and how valuable mothers are, and so he's constantly downgrading and downplaying that importance so that we downgrade and downplay ourselves. Um so the come follow me the in come follow me, it says one of the main purposes of the Book of Mormon is to invite each of us to receive God's mercy, an invitation expressed simply in Moroni's farewell words, come unto Christ and be perfected in him. Um, and I think sometimes we get tripped up by this word perfected, right? We think about it as being with no flaws. And that's true eventually for us. Eventually we will be without flaw if we follow Heavenly Father's plan. If we rely heavily on Christ and rely heavily on the atonement, we can eventually achieve flawlessness. However, I want to know, I, want, I the old Latin, what perfect comes from is perfectus, which doesn't mean flawless. It means completed. And I think about how many people in this world and how often I hear that people just, there's, they're looking for something. There's something that there's just missing from their lives. And how often I think of how Christ and the gospel have been able to give me wholeness, right? And I think about how we talked about how a heavenly father and our heavenly mother want us to be like them. And in order to do that, we have to experience certain things. All of us have to experience birth, right? The first estate. All of us have to go through that. All of us have to go through death. That's something that we're all going to do automatically, right? Death and taxes. Um, But then there are other things that we experience that we all experience to some kind of level, right? We all experience loss of some kind. We all experience heartache of some kind. We all experience heaviness and sadness. And for some people, it's a really, really huge sadness. It's, It's depression where it's not just sadness. It's so much more than that. And not all of us experience that, but all of us have to go through certain experiences in order to become completed. And in order to bear those experiences, in order to bear the brunt of our our journey to become completed, we need to lean on Heavenly Father. We need to lean on Christ. We need to lean on the atonement. Um, and I think... Man, I I, I struggle with the different, like understanding that we are here and we will suffer, but also knowing Adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have joy, right? We get both sides of the coin. We get both sides of both. We get the ups, right? We get the joy, but we also get a lot of the downs so that we can really appreciate that joy. And that is a necessary part of our completing process. Um, and I think a lot of times we, we feel cheated when life isn't, um, a smooth sail. (laughs) We feel like, no, this isn't how it's supposed to be. You know, I'm 30 years old. I'm supposed to have a career. I'm supposed to know what I'm doing with my life. I'm supposed to be able to afford life insurance or, you know, whatever it is. And I think sometimes we forget that while Christ was a perfect person in the sense of being flawless, he was also a perfect person in the sense of being complete. And we look at the, I, my husband and I have been going through the topical guide and we've just basically started at Jesus Christ. And we've been reading it's pages and pages. You guys, we've been reading every single scripture and Christ led a perfect life. That was by no stretch of the imagination full of rainbows and butterflies only. Were there rainbows and butterflies? Absolutely. He had some incredible moments that I'm sure were so full of joy, but he also dealt with some major loss, right? We think about, um, when Lazarus died, he comes and he weeps with, with Lazarus's sisters and He he does. I mean, he knows. He knows that he is going to raise him, and he doesn't. He's not like, guys, don't worry about it. I got this, right? He mourns with them because he sees how much they are hurting, and that hurts him too, right? Because these people are very close to him, Um, and I think ultimately for us, the way that we take all of this and apply it into our lives is we search for our gifts. We search for our complete experiences and we recognize...